Blog Talk Radio. Survive. Thrive. Stay alive. It's time to get prepared with the Prepping Academy Podcast. I am Forrest. We got Tenderfoot across the. I'm tenderfoot. We're hoping this is working. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've got both my ears covered up, and it is just a different experience. This now. is the first time we really produced our own live show. Yes, it really is. Is it not? And so. Our uh, first live and. And what? With uh interview. Mm hmm. So I don't think we've done that. Since it's just been us two. Yes, and so tonight we do have a special guest coming on, Glenn Tate, the author of 299 Days, a series that I've read. (laughs) Anyway, how was your week? It has been, it's been good. I actually went on a marriage retreat, and that was uh, very good. Yeah. It was like the pastors at the church marriage retreat, right? It was, but uh, it was still really good, and uh, me and my wife uh, had a lot of time together, and we just got the kids back today, so uh-huh. we've had a whole three days without the children. Sweet. <laughs> so as you um, as you talk about your marriage retreat, um, I'm going to see if we can listen to this live. Um, is our audio working? I, yes, it yes, is working. It is. Okay. So tonight, um, and so we did a show last week on con, um, combat medic. Um, got some good responses, I think, as we get going again, because our listeners were down a little bit. So if you didn't listen, we're so mad at you. <laughs> but it was, I guess, because we kind of skipped a little bit in Christmas. Yeah. And so, and then, but the first week, I mean, we get a, a good amount of people listening. I mean, almost double digits. oh that's fun so um we do have mark goodwin coming up later on we've um we've got um, glenn tate tonight we got scott hunt coming up we got some good shows coming on be fabulous Mm -hmm. um especially since uh we're here yeah Yeah. so you you say you're you say you're a little nervous tonight can you can can you tell the everyone why you're a little nervous I, i didn't say that I did not say that. What did you say? Oh, oh, yeah, that. Now I'm a little nervous because of what is sitting across from me and not Forrest. <laughs> I just have... he has a. Go ahead. He he has his a. Uh, um, it's a Glock 19. Yeah, it's Glock out right there. It's so fully lo- unloaded, so it is unloaded. And he, so, yeah. But it was. I just I I had it on my side, and I'm like, you know what? I don't need this on right now. Because he usually has a knife, and he waves it around. I wave it around. And so now, but don't wave that around. Right. I am <laughs> not going to wave that around. So, But the knife is here. It's not here. It's just a gun. But it's it's in safe mode. Um, I just had it on. I was testing the new holster. So, like um, and it's, it's a sweet Glock oh, 19. Yeah. Hey, don't touch that, man. Sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's the holster. It could kill you. 
Guns are dangerous. That mine hasn't killed anyone sitting there by itself ever. Mm. So um, that's a good thing. That's a good gun, then. That is a very yeah. good gun. Yeah, very good. So, um, so how was your week? You had a marriage conference. Yep. And um, of course, you. I mean, you worked at the church. I mean, you just you're a busy guy. Yeah. I am getting ready to go to Israel, so kind of preparing and studying for that. But it's not just about me. How was your week? My week was, um, <laughs> I don't know, I've had a rough week last week. This week is getting better. Another thing that makes everything rough, you got everything going on with work, your family, your kids. And I decided to study for the general test for my ham license, which the test is kind of coming up this Saturday. Okay. And cramming all that studying in, and it's like everything in the world that is trying to prevent me from studying. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Like things just come up. Like this show, I forget, I'm like, oh, gosh, Monday night i got to change my schedule because the show on Thursday night I'm going out to eat with some people. And yeah. it's just so I need to take a day off. And we do because we, we now, a lot of times what we've been doing is pre-recording and then and then posting, so that kind of throws, right. throws us off. Right. Yeah. And so, um, so it's been studying for my ham test. It's just, you know, the technician test was easy. I don't know why. I just thought that was the easiest thing I've ever done. And then the general, and it's just, there's a lot of crap that you have to. It's just, it's just nonsense what you got to remember. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I mean, it's just nonsense, and they just do it, I guess, to control it is the only reason. Yeah. I mean, you got to do all these formulas supposedly on the map, and I'm like, whatever. No one does that except the nerds in the ham world, and, and there's now, 12 of them. That's it. <laughs> and I'm sure there's an app for that now. Oh, of course there's an app. There's an app, <laughs> there's an app for studying. There's an app for everything, but it has just been uh, – I, I never get – I don't know, excited or anxious about anything. But, man, if I can just get this, I want to pass, too, because i got two friends, um, a guy named um, uh, Bruce and Joe, are going to take it with me. And if I fail and they pass, I'm going to be so ticked. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's like the worst. And they will hold it. Over. Oh, my gosh, they will. I mean, yes. <laughs> so I've got to pass or else it's going to be miserable. So it, for the rest of my life, they could they would bring that up, and I just can't have that happen. Yeah. So anyway, that's what's going on in my life. Um, so tonight, everyone knows we got Glenn Tate, and if you guys would have met me a couple years ago, I all I did was talk about this book series because it, it was the very first book series that I read. And um, it was you never read. You never read anything else. I mean, in the. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna jump across this <laughs> microphone. <laughs> no, in this in this genre, in the in the prepping, um, and it was so it made it so real to me. As a matter of fact, I think I read most of that before I even started the Carolina Preppers Network, um, and it was like my first, I don't know, vision where I could see how things are going to happen. So okay. once I met preppers, then you talk about, hey, the grid's going to go down, we're going to lose power, and all this kind of stuff. It was kind of my first vision into that. And so I, I loved it. Um, I actually read the books, and then um, I actually then bought the, the audio books, and it, and, it, and it made it come to life even more. Oh, yeah. So 
Anyway, so tonight we have Glenn Tate. Now, uh, let me make sure he is available and online. Um, Mr. Tate, are you avail- Are you here? I certainly am, and I and I heard about you know maybe failing a test and your friends passing it. And man, if I did that, the team would ridicule me. So I completely can relate to what you're saying. I know. I am so nervous about that. <laughs> I am. And so, hey, welcome to the show. This hey, is the this is the prepping caddy. I'm Forrest, and across from me is Tenderfoot. Sure. And um, we, I, and you heard about you know my my reading your book series. Um, and it's it was one I mean it's one of my favorite, um, and I tell well, everyone you. to read it. it. I tell everyone to read it. You know we're kind of here in the Carolinas, and so a lot of people you know read the one second after, and it's just one book. I'm like, dude, you got to read the whole series, 299 days, um, and it's it's a great series. And you have a I won't say was it a partner? Would you say mm-hmm. that she couldn't make it on tonight? And I, I'm sorry for that. But aren't you in the yeah, middle no. of writing another book as well? Yeah, yeah. And the uh, excuse me while I cop. I was raised right. Um, so uh, <laughs> you no, know, it's uh, Shelby, Shelby Gallagher. We're working on some stuff together, and uh, she's the one who's uh, not able to be here tonight. And and her uh, series, three book series, first book. Uh, well, the book series is called The Great State, and we're shooting for end of March for that to come out and it's it's really cool. She's a she's a single mom and and in a urban situation and didn't come to prepping like you know, a lot of us did. I mean she kinda of stumbled into it and she realized there she's gotta take care of herself and then the prepping part happened. Anyway, but uh, it's gonna be a good thing. It's gonna be a female perspective and I think it's cool because some men out there have wives who are a little unsupportive of this. What? Can you imagine that? I sure can. <laughs> and, uh, right? And so I think it's right. going to be one of those things where um, primarily I, what I'm thinking of is I can get her books, Great State, and and read them and make sure that they don't have weird stuff in them, which they don't because I've been reading them and um, in advance. And then maybe give it to a wife, I presume wife could be a girlfriend, don't know what, but and say, hey, um, this Shelby Gallagher woman is not crazy. I mean, do you, do you think she's making some sense? Because she comes at it from this totally different perspective. So that would be cool. But, yeah, that's the the Shelby part. So, yeah, as far as me writing more books, um, we've got some announcements coming up. I'm going to be uh, working with some others on their books, and I'm going to leave it at that. we got oh, this yeah. whole – yeah, I'm really excited. I'm kind of – I gotta tell you, and you're the you're the first guy I've talked to about this. So I don't know. I don't think I'm a celebrity, but I guess it's kind of like uh-huh. I don't know, breaking news or whatever, you know. <laughs> but um, you are my book. I'm I mean, that, you <laughs> actually. I mean, you brought it to life again. That was the first series. I was uh, my story is I was a, I've been a prepper for 17 years, and I was a banker and. I knew no one that had this way of thinking, that um, did the things that I was doing. And so my best friends were people online on a form. And the only way I knew them yep. was like AK-47NC26. And that's, that was his name or her name. I don't even know what <laughs> who they were. Yeah. But we corresponded for years. And finally, um, I started the you know Carolina Prepper Network here in the Carolinas, we got 7,000 members now. So now I get, I'm, 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 
we, I'm, I'm really, you know, every day I'm, I'm getting part of this. But, man, when I ran your series, and um, and it, it was cool because um, I do have to tell you that Tenderfoot across the table from me has not read your series. <laughs> what? <laughs> you under the bus. I am. But I read all the books. I bought, all, I bought the first eight, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. I couldn't find the last two, and I actually rented them through the library system. And then I bought all the audio tapes and listened to them again. And yeah. so, I'll see. But, you mentioned getting a lot out of the audiobooks. I I completely agree. And, and here's a great way of putting this: um, the narrator Kevin Kevin Pierce is unbelievable. Oh, he's, he's like a New amazing. Best song narrator. He kind of hounded me to do this series, and he really wanted to do it. And I said, "Are you kidding me? I mean, you're amazing." So here's the thing about those audiobooks. So. The, the books, um, book one is about me. It's all about me. It's 97% true. So I lived my life. I wrote the books. There were a total of 10 drafts when all was said and done. So I'm pretty familiar with the content of book one, right? Right. When uh-huh. Kevin read it, the way Kevin read it, the way he paused, the inflection, and all the stuff in his voice, I figured out stuff about my own life listening to Kevin <laughs> Pierce read those wow. books. I was blown. I'm getting funny. goosebumps just even saying it. I remember right that where is... I was the first time. I was in a church parking lot. I was driving by there, and I stopped, and I said, oh, my goodness, now I understand some stuff. So anyway, <laughs> if, you, if you can figure your own life out, that's a pretty narrator. That is pretty awesome. I, I just remember the first book. I mean, you set it up. You were – I'm not going to – I mean, it's, all, it's a big series, but um, you were an attorney, and you started thinking about – you started seeing things in the government. And you started kind of doing the planning, and everyone that reads that book can relate to kind of hiding things from their wife. I can assure you that because you did that. And then what blew my mind was um, you. I mean, in the book, you you, um, you really figured that your that sh- that the lady. I won't say your wife. I will say Grant's. And that when that Grant's, yeah, mm-hmm. Grant's yep. wife. Grant's wife she wouldn't go Dr. the Foxy. first time. Yeah, she wouldn't go the first time. And you even, I mean, it seemed like you even had a plan for that or you made it up on the spot that y'all would come back and, in a sense, kidnap her is, what, is the way I looked at it. <laughs> and so it no, was that, pretty awesome. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry no, and, and, and one of your characters is a guy I've been trying to get killed off in every book he's in. His name's Chin. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, Don't I know you, who you're talking it, about. In Chen, is he in your book? I mean, the guy that, no. you know, from the South Carolina? No. Or is it different? No? Okay. You didn't take – okay, he's in like five people's no. books, and I just – that's not you then? Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's not him. No, okay. The, the Pao character, the Korean oh, yeah. is my real friend, Pao. He's a, he's oh. it's a couple of events, and he's come to him, and I was talking, and that's I remember right. I was talking to a pretty yeah. big crowd, and I said, you guys might think, you know, wow, what a great imagination this Glenn guy has. He's six-foot Korean gunfighter who sells insurance, and everyone's like, yeah, that's right, that's insurance guy. Yep. And yep. I said, here you go. I'd like to introduce you to Powell, and he comes walking in, and everybody was amazed because he's a six-foot Korean dude, and mm-hmm. he's a heck of a gunfighter, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, yeah, it's yeah, that's the other thing about the books. You know, people say, wow, it's really realistic, and I, I think they're right. I didn't make a lot of stuff up. Now I'm talking about book one. I project in the future, and obviously I can't see the future, but 
quite a few things have come true that I wrote about. Some, but um, I, I'm, I'm not that imaginative, and I just described all these amazing people like Pow and a bunch of mm-hmm. others, Special Forces Ted, who's a real dude, um, yep, and all yep. these guys. And and everyone said, wow, it seems so authentic. And I said, yeah, because I didn't make stuff up. Um, I'm not that talented. I just wrote about my friends. And, you know, some of the dialogue in the books, people said, my goodness, that really sounds like real conversations. Uh, that's because they were. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> they were that's real conversations. Right, what you know. And, yeah. and so, yeah, and, and that's why it's, it's a little bit different than some other books. By the way, I'm not knocking any of the books. One second after, everybody needs to read that book. It is a classic. Um, it's it's fantastic. So read read all the books out there and get educated you know, and get thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would, your book, though, it really starts off as, as – I mean, the first few chapters, you wouldn't even think. I mean, it was just um, Grant just going about his work and just kind of seeing mm-hmm. things going on. Which is kind of like the EMP and One Second After, but I don't know. It just I, I really enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed um, the one time um, it was the fight in the neighborhood um, when, when the first time he was driving the car and he had to actually shoot his gun, and you made such a big deal in that in, in the book, and I'm like, wow. I mean, that is so real. That's exactly the way it's going to happen because that when if you ever have to defend yourself or defend people. That first incident that happens, it's going to just, it's going to rock your world, and people don't understand that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be as, as I imagine it would be. And I'm a humble guy, um, and, and I'm not, you know, green beret. I mean, never been in the military, never done law enforcement. I mean, I'm, I'm just a lawyer, right? I mean, I don't think I'm that cool. And, um, and so a lot of folks, <laughs> and I'm not talking about any particular ones, it would be something like, you know, well, the day that SEAL Team 6 kicked me to the curb, I decided, right. I'm like, whoa, 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 I don't know any SEALs. Yeah. I don't know any SEALs. Yeah. And I'm not cool enough to hang out with SEALs, so I'm not going to pretend to do that. So it was like, well, what is a regular dude um, who understands he needs to defend himself, he needs to defend his family, he needs to defend his neighborhood? How does this go about? And, and is it all glorious and fun? And no, and you'll notice um, almost every, I think every, yeah, every time in the books where my character Grant kills somebody, he throws up. Because yeah. you know what? Yep. I talked to Special Forces Ted, and I said, hey, he brought it up because you never ask guys what's it like to kill somebody. You just don't ask. Just not something you ever do. And we got this conversation about what happens when you kill dudes, especially your first one. And a badass like him throwing up. And I've had a bunch of other friends of. Uh, Ranger, and an, another guy who's got such an amazing background, nobody believed me, so I'll just say he's an interesting dude. And they they both said the same thing. And uh, well, it had to be done completely justified and a horrible thing to do that they would do again in a second. I don't mean to say, right. like, I'm not, you know, Bernie right. Sanders here and, like, all violence is bad because violence does solve problems, let's be honest, especially yep. <laughs> the kind of problems that are depicted <clears throat> in this book. So, yeah. It does um, get easier when real. you kill people, though. <laughs> okay. I'm just, I'm just kidding. You know, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not your lawyer, but you have the right to be silent. Maybe you should. You know what yeah. I'm so. yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, so, um, let me ask you. I mean, I know this is a question everyone asks. It's like, how, how did you get 
thinking like this before you re- you wrote the book you had to start thinking okay i need to protect my family um did you call yourself a prepper when did you realize hey this is kind of i'm prepping for something bad coming up wow what a great question uh no one's ever asked the whole you know when did you did you call yourself a prepper and all that um well as the book describes it was the you know country boy upbringing that made me understand that the suburbs are a very unnatural place and very comfortable. A lot of people live there. A lot of people listening probably live in suburbs. There's nothing wrong with suburbs, but it's, it's kind of, it reminds me, um, I used to have a saltwater um, aquarium. I love ocean life and stuff. And here in the middle of my living room is a sea anemone living. Now, how is that possible? Um, perfect temperature, <laughs> perfect salinity, um, right. perfect oxygen levels, perfect uh, nutrient levels and it's it's not natural. You have to create a lot of really artificial conditions. Any one of which, if it gets interrupted for a couple hours, a sea anemone in your tank is going to die because sea anemones don't belong in people's living rooms, right? Right, exactly. And so, yep. mm-hmm. and so the <laughs> the suburbs are, are kind of a, an unnatural place. So I could see that um, from my country boy upbringing. I started looking around and this this whole setup just didn't seem sustainable. It didn't seem normal. It didn't seem like everything just always is awesome and everything works out. And and then that, you know that that experience I had where I watched the trucks come in the supermarket and realized, oh yeah, what just in time inventory is. And I thought, mm-hmm. holy smokes! Yeah. I mean, I just thought there'd always be Doritos at the store. And then I started figuring it out. And then of course the work that I do and some of the people I know, some of the governmental stuff, and I'm not in government, but around it, observe it, and, and all that's the best way to put it. Um, I started realizing, holy smokes, the <laughs> government doesn't have any money, and um, and they're pretty open about it. Um, well, they're not open about it. Yeah, I mean, there are studies and audits that show all that. but um, And then I realized, my goodness, I know how I know how people act when there's no law around, there's no constraints on them. Um, pretty rough upbringing, I'll put it mildly. And I get what violence is, and I don't like it, and I want to be away from it my entire life. But I understand that just because there's a, you know, a sticker on a door at a Starbucks that says no guns allowed inside, that doesn't mean <laughs> that right. people won't come inside. Exactly. Guns. You know what I mean? Right. I get real life instead of the the fairy tale that we've created of prosperous, you know, America where you can rely on calling 911 for the police to come. I mean, that's cool. And I, I appreciate that. And I, I like that. It's good because operating without the rule of law is a horrible, horrible thing. So I can simultaneously say this stuff is comfortable and good, but it's unsustainable because it's so comfortable. That's why it's unsustainable. Um, you don't see a lot of perfectly manicured lawns in the middle of a jungle, you know? That's kind of my right. point. And so yeah. I could see, that's a long-winded way of saying, I could see that, that things were coming, and the the governmental interaction just kind of fueled that. And then hanging out with all these amazing people that are described in the books really kind of kind of sealed it with me. So your question, when did I think of myself as a prepper? I remember it was probably 2008, and I was just – starting to <laughs> acknowledge um, that this is how I was wired. And I was afraid, I can't remember if this is in the book or not, 
I was afraid. By the way, some of the things I put in the book and the editors took out that were a little too detailed. So I think in my mind I wrote some stuff. And people are like, no, that's not the book. <laughs> oh, because so like, oh, you did write it. And yeah, took my it bad. Got you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But I was afraid to do a Google search for survivalist or prepper or anything oh. like that because I just thought that – not that the government's out to get me. I'm not a paranoid guy. But I just thought that it was – I don't know, it was like Googling, you know, cannibalism. It's like, there's something wrong with me. I shouldn't find out more about this. It's a terrible thing and so much stigma to it. So probably 2008, I remember that, um, that election, that summer going into that election, I discovered Jack Spierko's uh, podcast, the Survival Podcast, and oh, I yeah. just made it okay uh, to be a prepper. So, yeah, it was a it was a slow process. You know, the, the scene in the in book one about, going to a gun store for the first time. You know, it's this icky place where bad things are, are sold and only icky people go. And I, I laugh in the book and my character says, it's like going to a porn store or something like that. I mean, <laughs> right. I haven't done, yep. but it's like like where there's badness and you don't want to be caught there. Yep. And, and, and I was like, wait a second, this is defending my family. This is a constitutional right. That's not pornography. So anyway, those are some some insights. So I didn't come into this, you know, being Mr. Mr. Backwoods survival skills guy or being a SEAL or anything crazy. I'm a regular dude. And that's what people can relate to. Yep. So one thing, okay, one thing I thought was really awesome, but one thing I kind of questioned, because you went into the gun store and they pretty much accepted you in the book pretty quickly, um, which was interesting. Um, but the other thing is, once I read that, I'm like, okay, I got to find the owner of a gun store and become friends with him, <laughs> because y'all staged, well, y'all did all that stuff from the gun store. Yeah, that hasn't worked out yet. <laughs> well, the, the the time it took to get accepted, I kind of compressed that time frame for purposes of storytelling. You know what I mean? Kind of jump to it, but um, I I got really lucky. Um, I think, by the way, I should pause for a moment. I don't get religious, but God orchestrated all of this. The fact that a guy who's never written a book and doesn't even read fiction can write 10 best-selling books and have an award-winning audio book, I mean, that isn't me doing that. That's God. But God put a lot of people in my path, and one of them was Chip um, at the gun store. And that gun store was an amazing, magical place, um, primarily because of, of Chip. Um, so it was kind of unusual. I will I will say this, though. I think hanging out in gun stores is a great way to meet like-minded guys. And um, I, people ask me all the time, well, how do I find a you know prepper group? I'm like, geez, I don't know, because it's not like you can put an ad up on Craigslist, you know, wanted prepper group. <laughs> I mean, who only knows what's going to respond to that, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's probably <laughs> – I mean, I'm I mean laughing so you can't that. do that. But you um, thought of it, haven't you? And you said that's a terrible idea. <laughs> well, actually, that's no, how you got me. That actually, <laughs> actually, yeah. you know, I'm going to have to apologize here. But we, we in the in the Carolinas, we have a thing called the Carolina Preppers Network, which are meetup groups, and they meet oh, every excellent. month, um, every month, once a month, at least once a month, and they meet in 19 cities. And Holy actually, Toledo. I know we got seven thousand. Yeah, Not yeah. We got seven thousand members. That means I've got nineteen leaders that have volunteered to step up and and lead these group groups for free. Some of them are in restaurants. Some of them are in churches, 
And um, one in a gun store. It once, yeah, some's in a gun store, and so, but I got 19 leaders to kind of step up and go, and I conned them. I, I didn't con them. I said, hey, you're looking for like-minded people. If you lead, then you can control who you're friends with, and you can maybe find you a survival group out of this, and it's working. And so, <laughs> but that was the most frustrating part for me is that um, you know I'm a you know a ex banker, and um. I knew no one. None of my friends thought like this. And so I, I threw up a meetup, and I put, you know, Carolina Preppers Network. And I think like seven people came to the first meeting. And I was mm-hmm. so bummed. I was bummed because I'm like, Angie, one of my best friends now, came to the meeting. And I'm like, you know, if if these are the other people out there <laughs> that are <laughs> kind of like-minded, I don't want to be their friends. And the problem was that them, it was me. I'm looking for business guys in their suits and you know what, I've been thinking about this because I've been looking at the economy. That's not that's not who showed up. It was, you know, it was, you know, a gun store guy, a farmer, you know, a, a um, I don't know, I call her a hippie. She's not a hippie. I mean, all these different mixes and I'm like, okay, I'll do one more meeting and then, and then I started changing, but it was pretty cool. And so then it was it was a must to get people across the table from other people to get so they can know their names and meet other people and, in a sense, find out they're not crazy. Right. And there are other people That's like that. That's a big thing. Yeah. It's a huge thing. You know, you're not crazy is a huge thing. And it's funny. I'm sitting here listening, and I'm realizing that in the Carolinas – what you just described is entirely possible. I mean, you've done it, right? So we know it's possible. I'm realizing now that my perspective is I live in communist-held territory here. And, hmm. I mean, I, it is it is a different world. So I was kind of thinking the whole world was like that. But, I mean, this is just a reason for, you know, people to either live in Carolina or move there. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So you live in Washington, is that right, or somewhere? Um... I do, yeah. Okay, Western yeah. Washington State. Yeah, that's it's the redoubt, redoubt though, here. isn't it? Oh, is it? The redoubt's well, not helping it's anything? Eastern Washington. Yeah, Eastern Washington's a redoubt. Western Washington's pretty much Seattle. Oh, yeah, and okay, it's yeah. Off the charts liberal. I mean, there's <clears> different ways of measuring liberal, and sometimes we win, sometimes San Francisco does. Kind of a contest mm-hmm. I don't want to win. But, right. Um, wow. So it's, it's amazing here. Uh, it's so different. And that might be one of the other things about the books that people sound kind of amazing was they'll, they'll say, are you serious? I mean, is this for real? Is it that bad there? And that's what Facebook is for. You know, you used to worry about Seattle doing something insane. If you, and I say things like, yeah, I wasn't kidding. Um, right. But I mean, if you live in a good part of the country, good for you. Consider yourself lucky. And guess what? All the bad things that are going to happen in a collapse are going to happen in your area too. So, you know, it's not enough to say, well, I live in Texas, so I got nothing to worry about. No, you do. You got just as much. I mean, probably better people, probably higher odds of surviving because you've got like-minded people who, you know, are, well, they're Texans or Carolinans or something like that. But, um, yeah, you're not out of the woods. Um, And, by the way, even if you've got a great place, uh, great area, super good people, um, bad people are going to come to your area, right, because you've got so you got that problem, too. So. No place is immune, but some places have a head start, and I'd say the South and the Mountain West. Um, and surprisingly enough, 
parts of New England, the, the rural parts of New England. I'm oh, yeah. impressed with beans. And so anyway, good good on you guys. And that is that is a testament to, I don't know, a lot of common sense people. It's funny you were mentioning you didn't know who'd show up and your initial thought was, you know, where are the business people? And then it was farmers and gun guys. And I bet now you're like, well, that's good. I need farmers and gun guys. I don't need oh, yeah. days, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I, my best friend's a lawyer. Um, you, you know oh, yeah. what I'm talking oh, yeah. about, and uh, and I pretty much I tell him all the time. I said, you know, if something happens, you're you're really useless to me. He goes, but right, yeah. but right now, if I get a speaking ticket, you're number one guy. But <laughs> yeah. well, well, Glenn, well, that's we, one of the things. Go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, go ahead, Glenn, because uh, you're, you're about. Let me finish that. Finish that thought, and then I'll go to my question. This is Tenderfoot. One of the things that, that happens in the books is that people from all kinds of walks of life end up having skills they can contribute. Now, that's, I mean, that's not universally true. There are a lot of dirtbags that have nothing to offer and, and all of that. Um, but the, the idea that lawyers are going to do law and, um, I don't know, um, uh, mechanics are only going to work on cars or – I don't know, fill in the blank. Electricians are only going to work on electrical projects. It's going to break down because, take the electrician example, there may not be any electrical projects going on, right? And so the people have to have to use the skills they have. And, and, and some things are transferable. For example, as much as people don't like lawyers, um, we are able to problem solve and be persuasive and kind of be political in the good sense of the word is in getting people together, not, you know, being partisan and dumb like most politicians are. By the way, I'm around politicians all the time. The more you know them, the less you like them, let me tell you. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, but, uh, you know, Same with lawyers, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. I don't hang out like, with them. It's funny. Did you hear? No, so I you're, agree. You're, you're saying all these good things about a lawyer, and I, I think what's happening, and don't get mad at me, you're just kind of convincing yourself that you're going to be <laughs> they're going to be important. Well, no, but, <laughs> if you say no, it enough, you'll believe no, that's it. A fair, that's a fair point, but that that leads to my other point, which is take lawyers. You know, just turn lawyer skills. That that doesn't get you anywhere. First of all, there's no courts right in this system that we're talking about in a collapse. So being a lawyer gets you nowhere, but some of the skills do. And then what do you got to do? You got to have other skills, you know, what I'll call real skills. Right. Yeah. In the case of Grant, that's that's leading and equipping and organizing a team that then expands and gets bigger. And so you got to have some real skill in addition to whatever your very very specialized thing is for any of this to work. And and that came came crashing through. I mean, look look at my team guys. We got we got a guy who works in a hospital. We got a guy who works for defense contractor, basically inventorying stuff. We got an insurance salesman, for goodness sakes, right? We got Wes, uh, yeah. who is from North Carolina, by the way, um, who, uh, oh. Asheville, um, but um, he hates Asheville. He's from, uh, is it Reynolds County? It's near there. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. And he, yep, he works in a, he works in a, you know, a, a rental uh, equipment rental place. You got all these people that, on paper, seem to have nothing in common and have all these different skills and wouldn't necessarily be really good at, you know, breaking down doors and shooting uh, meth dealers and child rapists and stuff. But guess what? 
you practice enough, you can gain those skills. <laughs> oh yeah. So, so there you go. So yeah. What what was the uh, what was the other point? Well, yeah, Glenn, well, you've got you've got all these people that you're already connected with. You you've got your books. They're kind of um, uh, loosely based off of uh, your your life. You know, you're writing from what you know. But um, how, you know, we we talked a little bit of how you got into prepping. But how did you start writing about this topic with with prepping and um, and, and especially the way that you've written? You you decided to write what you knew. I, you know, they, they always tell you to do that. But kind of just uh, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, this is this is an amazing story, and um, people don't believe me. Um, it's the Easter Bunny. Everyone's like, "Oh no, this guy I'm listening to. He seemed pretty <laughs> rational, and now he's talking crazy talk about the Easter Bunny. Maybe this guy's gone insane." Um, it's the Easter Bunny, and I made no conscious decision to sit down and write books. You'll hear one story in a moment. So, my wife very reluctant about prepping. Um, and I realized that I needed to have an explanation for her that would allow her to save face for the day when there's trouble, collapse hits, whatever it might be. And all of a sudden, in our garage, there's a ton of food, a ton of water treatment, a ton of radios, a ton of guns, a ton of ammo. Where did all this come from? And I can you know, go down one of two paths, which is – and by the way, this does not work with a doctor. I don't know if you – you know, the stereotypes about doctors are actually true. You can't say to a doctor, hey, you're dumb and I'm smarter than you, and here's what you need to know. You know, you, you didn't think this collapse was coming, and I did, so go ahead and, you know, you're welcome, right? Okay, that approach right. does not work. Yeah, I don't think it works on anybody, um, but especially the doctor. So I had to come up with, as I say, an explanation, and I came up with the Easter Bunny story. That was mm-hmm. it. Honey? X, Y, and Z has happened. Here's all this stuff. Um, the Easter Bunny left this, okay? Yeah. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know, honey. The Easter Bunny left this, and here's what we're going to do with it. We're going to do this, this, and this. We're going to send the neighborhood. We're going to do a bunch of other stuff. And, I, and since I'm a lawyer, I do, you know, I argue motions and jury trials and stuff. I'm, I present information. So I thought, well, I'll write some bullet points. And so on a post-it note, I wrote out some bullet points about why I prepared what I did to do with it. And okay. uh, that got to be a page of bullet points on a computer. Then a couple of pages, and I looked at this, and I said, this is a great, ex- if you don't mind me saying, a great explanation about why to prep and how to prep and what to do with it once it collapses. And I thought, well, maybe some other people could, you know, appreciate this. You were mentioning an online community. I'm on this um, survival podcast. don't have time to be on anymore, which is too bad because I love those guys. But I thought, I'm going to write up one chapter. I didn't even think of it as a chapter then. I didn't know what a chapter was. Well, right. Seriously, I don't read fiction. Um, more on that in a moment. It's pretty amazing because I read legal stuff all day long. and I'm tired of reading. I want to come home and not read. I want to, you know, put it out some scenes together, right? I mean, like a normal person does, right? Right. So, yeah. um, <laughs> so I thought, well, I'll put this up on the Survival Podcast, and it'll be the Easter Bunny speech. It'll be me giving this speech to my reluctant wife. So I started writing it, and I went, wow, this is a great explanation stuff. And I said, well, I'll need to write a chapter about why I'm like this and why she's like this. So there were a couple more. I just kept writing and writing. And 
it wasn't until I don't even know the point at which this happened that I said, well, this could be like a book and stuff. And I'm not even kidding you. That's kind of what was going through my mind. The whole thing about I don't read fiction and don't even know how it works. Here's an illustration of that. When I decided (laughs) that I was going to put this, put this up on, on the survival podcast, just do a post. um, I said, well, I know how to write legal briefs all day long. And I don't know how to write fiction. So I go over to the bookcase and I pull out, you know, some paperback novel or whatever that my wife had. And I open it up to see if the commas go inside the quote marks or outside the quote marks. That's how little I knew. Because I, I was like, oh, okay, I know how I do this in a legal brief, but nobody wants to read a legal brief. Trust me. Right. I don't want to read legal briefs. And so I started putting this together and then it just, it, it flowed. I mean, I couldn't stop writing. It's the hardest thing to describe. I I would get up usually between three and four in the morning. My record was one forty a.m. I would just I would just pop out of bed. I had a character. I had a storyline. I had sometimes a whole book charted out in my mind, and I would just go and start writing. My wife didn't know I was writing this book for two and a half years wow. until oh my it was goodness. accepted for publication. Yeah, that was an interesting conversation, by the way. She didn't know that you were a writer, and she didn't know you were a writer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, She's like, who so are you? <laughs> yeah. So we're on vacation, and uh, um, I, I, the, the, I got a 10-book publishing deal, which blew my mind. I didn't think anyone would ever read this. And uh-huh. I realized, well, somebody somewhere is going to buy a book. Like maybe somebody is on Amazon, and they're like late at night, and they're falling asleep, and and their their hand like falls onto the buy it now button. That's pretty much what I thought it would take for somebody to buy stuff because, again, I, I'm just, I'm not a seal. I'm not cool. I mean, why is anyone going to read this? I thought it was good because it was about my life. So of course, I thought it was good, but I said, well, I'm just biased. So I realized, oh, my goodness, somebody's going to buy this book. Um, I don't know. There's going to be a 1099. That's kind of something that you can't really hide from right. wife. I'm pretty good at hiding a lot of stuff. I have not figured out how to hide that one yet. No. So, um, <laughs> so then I, I told her, I said, hey, baby, you know, I did something. She goes, well, what'd you do? I said, you know, the odds <laughs> of getting a book published, it's like one in a thousand. I just made that up. I don't know what it really is. She goes, oh, uh-huh. did you get, get a book published? And I go, I got 10. She went, what? What? I said, and you're in them. <laughs> and you're in them. She goes, oh, what's it about? Said the collapse of the United States. And things <laughs> got really quiet after that. And really quiet. Yeah, that's the other well, crazy thing. Everyone's like, yeah, you don't do that. You don't write all, all ten. Um, and actually, it was it was all nine. And then I ended up writing the tenth book. We compressed the, the ten books into nine to give to give them more substance for them to be bigger books with more right. pages, you know, more story. Uh-huh. And then ended up writing the 10th book. I'll just call it 10 books. I wrote the whole thing start to finish and then sent it to a publisher, which apparently wow. is not what you're supposed to do. Right. And yeah. I just did it because it, I couldn't stop writing. I'd, I'd go in the morning and I'd write. And then all of a sudden, you know, my butt would And she out, thought you were working. You know, <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I was, just not on law. 
And, right. and I would say, oh, my goodness. And I realized I've been sitting there for three or four hours. I get hungry and stuff. And then the flood of ideas after I spent that time writing that morning, the flood of ideas. I had a little notebook. I had these little scraps of paper at the, at the gym. I would go then and work out, you know, with the little golf pencils. I don't know what the golf yep. pencils were there for. but And, <laughs> and I would just I – have, I have several gallon Ziploc bags full of little – sheets of paper from that gym where I would, I would write down story ideas or quotes and, and all this, my mind would not stop working on this. And, um, and it went on for years that I would do this and it just kept getting bigger and better and more integrated. Um, making sure wow. that it's something as simple as first names, right? How hard could that be? There's over right. 350 named characters. I actually had to create a table, and and I and I'd change a name because variety of reasons, and I have to go and change it throughout the whole thing. So I mean, there's a lot of little connections that have to be made. Well, um, I'm mad at yeah. you because I had to get pancakes in my preps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, I did, who thought about getting pancakes in their preps? And that was like y'all's big treat. Was to have pancakes. Oh, yeah. Every, yeah. And that just really, yeah. um, so now I do have, and I have powder milk and pancakes and um, all in there because of that book. And I'm like, darn it. Yeah. <laughs> Beans and rice. And now I got to have pancakes. So how long was it before you even, you even, uh, I guess, I guess got it to, to publishing? I mean, how long were you writing before you kind of sent it off? Yeah. That was the, I, about two and a half years, and quite honestly, I don't, I didn't really keep track of time, so I'm kind of, that's an estimate, I mean, I wasn't, I don't know, I mean, I billed by a tenth of an hour increment, and I had no idea whether it was a month or years, which is weird, I know, but anyway, um, and so, it was about it, and then I just, it was all done, and I did several edits of the whole thing um, together, mm-hmm. and tightened it up, okay. and then got a hold of Prepper Press, and that's the only publisher I ever contacted. And wow. they said, we'd like to publish this. And I, I, I could not believe it. Wow. Uh, and then they, they put it, they produced it lickety split. The editing they do is amazing, um, which is why I'm going to do more stuff with them more on that in a moment. Um, and, and it just, it just took off. And then it was that first interview on Jack Spearco's podcast and he tells the funny story. It's exactly true. It's exactly what happened. So I'm a moderator on his podcast or on his uh, forum. And so I, I had a cell phone number. I said, hey, Jack, this is my real name, Glenn. It's so obviously my real name. And I said, uh, so I'm going to write a book, and can I be on your show? And he's polite about it, but it's hilarious. I could tell the tone of his voice and his voice. And he goes, yeah, well, when you actually write the book, why don't you go ahead and get a hold of me? He said it nicer than that. He's a Texan, right? Like that, but it was that was pretty much it. And so, and as he tells the story, you know, I don't know, a year or two go by, and then all of a sudden I call up and I say, "Yeah, um, it's going to be published here. The dates, it's a it's a ten ten book thing, and and uh, blah blah blah." And he couldn't believe it, and so he put me on the show. And then on the show, all these folks know me as Heavy G, which is my um, forum name and this guy that they've interacted with writing this book series and then 
that initial, I don't know, set of orders basically for the book then made the Amazon um, algorithm go bananas. <laughs> it's like, holy smokes, we got something on our hands. And the algorithm right. Said, and then it started pushing What is this genre? And it got bigger and bigger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's this all about? Yeah. yeah. And so that's how it happened. I'd love to tell you that I'm, I'm brilliant and stuff, but that is just not the case. Well, one other thing about your book, and then we can move on to your what you're doing now and maybe in the future, is but the, I loved even your wife. I mean, in the story, uh, Grant's wife, I think her name was Lisa. You, you brought yep. her to the retreat, and she's starting to look, and she's starting over time to realize, oh, my gosh, you've been planning this. Um, this is going to save our life. Our family's going to be safe. And it was like it's and it was she was kind of noticing all this stuff and not really accepting it in a sense she, i think she thought she was still going to go back home and then finally yeah. at one at one moment it was like i don't know a couple of scenes and it finally clicked with her like oh my gosh you saved our life this is our new life thank you very much <laughs> and i waited yeah. for that so long in the for you to get to that in the book and it finally came, and when it did, we're like, yeah! It was like the Angels <laughs> of Heaven song. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And, I, and I can imagine that's going to happen. If, if there is a grid down or, you know, crap hits the fan, that's exactly what's going to happen to a lot of wives. <laughs> that very thing. Oh, exactly. because the, and to a lot of husbands, because we have a lot of women preppers yeah. as well. Okay, and just friends and stuff. Yep. Like that. Just gonna, yeah. Yep. So and Travis, uh, yeah. <laughs> Tenderfoot and I are lucky. We got Tenderfoot and I are lucky. You know, our, our wives are all into this, and we actually went to like a holistic medicine and classes past weekend together, and so we're lucky. But there's some some people out there that just. They don't get it. So I quit moving my pen. Yeah. So let me ask you. Um, you got. Um, we've got um, ten minutes left. So, um, but yeah, yeah okay, the wife and her. I mean, do, how does your wife feel now? Does she still think you're crazy? Yeah, a little bit. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and it's disappointing. I mean, I don't mean to get heavy on everybody, but you know. Noah, right? He's get on this. He's building this boat, and everyone's like, "You're crazy! You're crazy! You're crazy!" And his wife was supportive, and that makes all the difference in the world. I mean, the rest of the world can tell me I'm crazy. I don't really care about what the rest of the world thinks. So it's kind of hard. I'm gonna be really honest. Um, yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah. Now my my kids are on board too. Oh so man, that, mean, is, that is key. So we, um, you know, everyone lives their their own little prepping life. I mean, everyone has their little little book that they can write about their family. My family thinks I'm crazy. Except my wife's family thinks I'm the smartest guy. Well, I am. No, <laughs> but they think. I mean, yeah. they they're into it. My family, ah, doesn't, doesn't have anything to do with it. So yeah. what is going on with Glenn Tate since 2014? And I think that was about the last time you published your last book. So what's going on between 14 yeah. and now, and then what's on the future for Glenn Tate? Yeah, what's going on now is that I'm re-energized. Um, okay. And there'll be some stuff that 
that will be announced and that will make a lot of sense about why that is. But I'm, I'm re-energized. I'm reactivated. And uh, it, nothing about the experience in books is bad. I don't mean to, you know, say like, oh, I got, you know, really mad at the world or it was too much. Pre-. And none of that is all positive. But, you know, just like anything else, you got to get re-energized. Here's something you should mind. I'm not complaining. Everybody listening right now works really hard. Um, and because if you're a prepper, you got a day job and you're prepping, right? Well, I'm just saying, right. I got this law job, and you know, it's kind of demanding. It's just law job doing all this other stuff. I'm prepping, that's the other thing. It's not just like talking about this stuff. I mean, it's like vacuum sealing pizza dough mix. That's based on a true story last night. So, I mean, I'm, I'm out doing this. So, it, um, it was a ton of work, and, and I got tired. Um, you know, I'm not super young anymore. And um, anyway, so I'm, I'm recharged. So that's the current thing. And the reason I'm recharged is some of the future stuff, details will be coming out. Um, I'm going to be um, co-authoring uh, some books that take place in different parts of the country. And so this isn't, you know, a continuation of my series because in a lot of ways, I think the series had a nice, neat sort of ending. I don't want to be the guy who does like you know, 57 sequels and it starts getting weird. I mean, I don't know how old you guys are, but I don't know what happy days was on when I was, you know, a kid. And the series was going downhill and then stuff. I remember Fonzie, like, jumped the shark. You know, that's where the phrase comes from. He gets on this, like, jet ski or whatever it was back then, water ski, and he, like, right, jumps right. over a shark. And it just got stupid and weird. You know what I mean? And to get ratings. And I don't want to do that. So, um, so going to be working with folks that are describing the same kind of situation in mean, different parts of the country. I've never lived in, um, well, I've never lived in the Carolinas. Let's use your, your place as an example. So I'm not going to write a series and be saying stupid stuff that's wrong, like, you know, this town's next to this other town or, or just not knowing the area. Um, so, um, by the way, you guys have Francis Marion, who uh, is the, is the, well, you had him back you know, 250 years ago. Um, he's he's the, the namesake for the Marion Farm, by the way. I'm a huge, I have a portrait of, of Francis Marion, actually. He's a hero of mine, the Swamp Fox gorilla guy in the uh, Revolutionary War. But anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Gonna part- yeah, it's going to be yeah. partnering with folks in, in other regions who have done this stuff. Um, thorough edits by me, um, uh, you know, writing a, a little bit, but it's not my story. Um, there are a lot of other good stories. You just mentioned earlier, you know, everybody's got their story. There's so many good stories out there. And just because it's not my life doesn't mean it's not a good story, right? I mean, and so that's that's what I'm going to be doing with that. And um, um, another thing I'm excited about is a nonfiction book, but it's in the same thing. And it's uh, it's going to be with Shelby Gallagher, and it's we, we don't know what it's called yet, but I jokingly call it "Don't Dare Call It a Cookbook" because it's about the food element of preps. And it's not like oh, recipes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's great, and that's part of it, but it's yep. like how to how to plan what kind of food you're going to store. Right. Um, how, how to soak to your beans. Yep. Yep. Yeah, not just beans. I mean, include spices. All those kinds of. Th- I've learned, you know, like how to vacuum seal and. and Little things are actually a big deal. Don't buy a 50-pound bag if you can avoid it because it makes a huge mess and then rats come around and stuff. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Then the energy part, like how you cook this stuff. I mean, there are a lot of preppers that have a ton of beans and rice and, like, no way to cook it. 
And and you can't just take a handful of dry pinto beans and like swallow them and expect good things to happen, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, right. Yeah. All that swells up. And, yep. and so it's about you know battery banks and solar stuff and cooking over a fire. I have a homeless friend. People think I'm crazy, but I he's, he's a friend of mine. He's not an alcoholic. He's he just chooses to live in the woods in his own makeshift way. He's not a criminal. He's he's a really nice guy. And I've I've watched how he does stuff and and, and he'll be part of this. So I mean how do you cook stuff? Um right. so it's as I say, it's the entire food element of prepping along with some tasty recipes and um and you know, couponing and how to where to get food and how to do it and all kinds of stuff. So that'll be a nonfiction thing that I'm really excited about because that's something that's gonna put information, right. life saving information in people's hands. So you can see how I'm really energized. I mean just like you can just tell from my voice. I just like oh, right. oh yeah. this book and this book yeah. and this book. So yeah, that's that's what's gonna be going on. So, you know, Glenn takes back well, Glenn, we got three minutes left. It. Yes, we got. I'm, I, and can you tell us how to get up with you? How to keep track of, you know, everything you're doing? Um, it, you know, if you got URLs or Facebook pages that you'll, you know, kind of release that information. Can you can you give that to us? You bet. Best thing to do is go on the website two nine nine days dot com, and there's this thing you can click on to our email list. We don't sell email lists. We don't give them to the government. We don't, you know. I mean, it's just us lockdown on my server um, and um, you can get email updates. We send them out very rarely. I have to have something to say um, because that's the only time people read stuff, right? Is if, oh my god, I haven't heard from this guy in six weeks. You know, maybe it's important. So that would be updates on books and stuff like that. Um, I'm a big fan of, of Facebook, except it's run by a bunch of communist idiots. But, um, you know, a couple posts every day to get stuff out. Um uh, there's Twitter and Instagram, but to be quite honest, I mean that's that's not my thing. I'm I'm in my Same late forties. I mean I'm not you know I'm just I'm not a millennial. Um, but yeah, the website and the email stuff and then the Facebook, keeping up with it. On the website, you'll see all the podcasts I've been on, and you know I don't know I'm up to like 150 episodes. And uh, wow, there's I don't know there's some interest. I think it's interesting. Um, but a lot of good topics are covered. You know, substantive topics, not just how you write the book, okay. which is an important topic. But I mean, like, hey, you know, tell me about yep. battery banks, um, that kind of stuff. So there's that. So those are the ways. 299. You can just Google 299 days, and a bunch of stuff comes up. And as far as getting the books, they're on Amazon or get them from your library. I'm not trying to make money on this. I mean, right. if you can read them at your library and learn stuff to be motivated to prep and save your life and your family's life, please do so. <laughs> hey, well, Glenn, we are out of time. We've got um, just a couple of seconds left. Hey, thank you so much. Everyone go to 299days.com. Um, and Glenn is uh, one of my favorite series. I'm going to be talking about this. I hope to have them back on again. Back in, um, back when he releases some of these other books and some of these other projects. Um, but thank you so much for taking your time out and um, of your day and and joining us. Hey everyone, you can you can catch us at preppingacademy.com. That's preppingacademy.com. Um, thanks for listening again. We do this because we enjoy it, not because we're good. <laughs> we're mediocre. Okay. So um, we we appreciate you guys listening. 
and have a good day. You got yeah. anything? No, nothing, nothing else. Thank you again, Glenn, and uh, thank you all, everyone, for listening. Uh-huh. See you guys later. Thanks for listening to the Prepping Academy podcast. Preppers unite at www.preppingacademy.com. I just hung up on him. Hello? Yeah, I hung up on him. Okay, I got a better time. Hang on.